Hello and welcome to Virtual Roundtables Live, the broadcast that brings business leaders together to discuss and debate the latest industry topics and trends. Now over to today's host. Hello and welcome to the Inspired Business Media Channel. Today I'm joined by the Director of Player Safety and Customer Service at Star Stable Entertainment, Cecilia Monte. Thank you for joining me today, Cecilia. Thank you so much for being here. So we're going to go more in depth about your career shortly, but I think first of all, let's start at the beginning. Can you tell us a bit about your career today? Yes, I can. So I started what feels like a long time ago, but wasn't that bad, but <laughs> in gambling. So basically online uh, games like casino, windows, um, and then always then it was kind of customer focused, uh, but it was a bit of the wild west childhood of gambling. So everything was, you were doing a little bit of everything everywhere. Um, and then I continued there for about eight years of, of working okay. in gambling and we continued on my customer focused journey with them, working in CRM, uh, customer engagement, uh, and sort of working in a company called Visa, which is a music subscription uh, and there I continued that customer-focused journey with them, um, set up to go to go the customer service, work in customer engagement. Um, and the reason why I went to the music industry is because I wanted to work with a product that I loved. And that is also has led me up to now working at Star Stable Entertainment, which is working with a product that things that I love which is magic and horses and directors to girls which is another thing I cared deeply about uh, so that's why I've kind of ended up where I am today and I've now expanded my scope into working with safety as well as the kind of customer engagement customer experience it sounds amazing definitely <laughs> definitely a very interesting career so far um, I know you studied literature and dreamt of becoming a publisher one day which is quite a contrast to what you're doing now. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> how, how did you get into the gaming industry? So it's actually, I didn't start, I started at the kind of right end. I started writing for a kind of web magazine directed to women, but it was owned by a gambling industry back then. So when the company decided that that wasn't kind of the right way of growing the business, uh, I got offered a job as was working in CRM. Uh, and back then, CRM was very much kind of just copywriting, brand management, which is pretty much a little bit of everything. So I jumped on that um, opportunity and I have actually never looked back. So it, it ended up being a great choice. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so are there any events or moments in your career that have inspired you to get to where you are now? It's actually, it's two that stands out more than anything. And one is actually when I started in that uh, gambling company uh, CEO at the time he came up to me on like my first week and he sat me down and said okay you write a list of 10 things that you would do to improve the company uh, and I was super intimidated and I was like I know nothing I'm junior I have no idea uh, but I kind of did my my list of 10 things and he came back and we went through the list and he was like actually you know most of these are not they're not able to do this but uh, he decided to implement one of my ideas which was kind of started a charity room this was a bingo company uh, and I think for me, it was kind of, it just stood out how much the kind of support 
of, of a manager, of a leader that believes in you, uh, that actually anyone, no matter where you are in your career, can make a difference. Uh, so that was super kind of important to me in the beginning of my career. Um, and the second one is also kind of a previous manager who, when I started at DSO, um, he had kind of, he sat down with me and he was like, I've had to make some tough decisions um, for the business. And I made some people quite unhappy and I want you on board to kind of set up a new team, but also kind of work on relationship and inspire people um, to kind of move forward from the negativity that's happened. Uh, and that also very much kind of set the tone for me in my career and me as a leader and kind of both having that belief from a manager, but also getting the opportunity to build a team from scratch, but also kind of bring that, um, you know, leadership and a relationship building into my management. So I think those two together has really shaped who I am, uh, but also shows me how important it is to have a good leader that believes in you on all steps in your career. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like um, kind of given the chance and being put out there to kind of make your own decisions and kind of make the decisions for other people really um, has impacted you in your career going forward. Exactly. I think exactly the, the kind of belief from someone and then being able to make those changes happen and then see the results as well. Uh, has been has been super kind of impactful for me great amazing as a woman working in a heavily male dominated environment have there been any challenges to overcome and what what advice would you give to others in the same position so <laughs> this one is a it's an interesting one because I would definitely lie if I said there hasn't been any challenges uh, but I think part of the problem of this is that they are never they're never as open uh, as you might think they are. So for instance, for me, if I have to think about kind of, no one has never been open and disrespectful to me, uh, but what it is, is it can be in the jokes. It can be in the situations. It's kind of, you know, a bit hidden sexism or hidden kind of disrespect within that, uh, which I think is, is makes it really hard because it's hard to step up for yourself and it's all kind of hidden behind a joke or it's hidden behind, you know, something else. So I think what I've done in those situations is I've tried to kind of have a combination of a bit of humor, uh, you know, diplomacy and professionalism. So um, I wish in a way I could stand up and just say you should always fight against everything. But I honestly think that it's very hard. Uh, so to me, it's been a combination of kind of definitely standing up for me when it's an open disrespect, but also kind of, you know, uh, meeting situations, but either professionalism and not just kind of you know accept or acknowledge that joke or the situation or actually deflect it a bit with humor for myself and that's just something that that helped for me um, and another problem I found uh, I worked in London for 10 years was that there was very few female leaders in executive positions or or you know at on board members so uh, it's hard to find that inspiration and you look around and you're like how am I going to reach there when I can't see anyone else having done that um, and I think what I've done is I've kind of built a network of people around me, around like my friends and, and family and colleagues where I've chosen to look other ways of success and seeing like their ways of success that isn't necessarily becoming a board member, but it's succeeding in something and kind of finding the inspiration there. And I think that's been super helpful to me because if I look at it that way, I see so many women succeeding everywhere around me. Yeah, definitely. And moving on from that point or kind of gathering with that point um 
do you think have you seen kind of any changes or maybe more females coming into your industry or or do you think it's still very a male dominated space it's definitely been some changes um it's it's opened up and i think what's if it depends on kind of what i look at but if i look at the kind of gambling slash gaming industry um it's become a bit more cleaned up and and i think in this respect that's a good thing because when it's too much of a boys club those kind of jokes and those kind of you know situations happens now it's become a much more professional world which i think is really good uh women is also taking a bigger place in a really good way and what i've seen for instance is that the thought of leadership have changed in the last 10 years uh, in terms of uh, those kind of maybe you know traditional women values of, of listening and, and 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 kind of you know mentoring has become much more important in leadership and today there's lots of trainings in most companies around how to become a better manager uh, which have the, all of those values at heart uh, and i think that's uh, part of it's because women has taken a bigger room um, with that said i still think there's way too few women in in the top management anyway uh, and i think that especially if you look at board members uh, so we have a little bit further to go on that one but i definitely think we're on the right way good good and um speaking of kind of leadership you've stated that it's important to have a team that's not only well functioning and delivers but is also happy so how, what approaches do you take with your leadership to achieve this? Um, so I think kind of speaking a little bit about the, what I've experienced to got me to where I am, uh, I, I think a lot about that kind of inspiring, but also, you know, leadership that, that helps lead others and, and, and kind of, you know, enables them. So I would say I'm very much someone who delegates, but I delegate with, with the aim of trying to help people grow. And I think when you have that open conversation with the team, I think there's a lot of work to be had, but it also helps for you as a leader because it gives you time for the important bits, which is being there for your team. Um, another thing that's super important for me is just honest feedback. And, and honest feedback is, is sometimes harder than think. It's, you know, sometimes it's hard to give negative feedback or just make feedback actually mean something. Um, and uh, I've actually taken that from my own relationships at home. No one can reach your mind if you don't tell them what you want. And, and I think that's where kind of for me feedback is. It's like I can't expect my team to know what I need from them if I don't tell them straight up. Um, and then a lot of transparency as well. And not just my transparency, but also companies' transparency. Uh, in my experience, people do their best work when they not only feel enabled and, and, and seen, but also know why. You know they're doing it but for the company's greater you know good as well and um, so i think that's the main part and then you know a big thing for me is i also think people should come um, so one thing i did a lot pre-pandemic was going for drink stormings and drink stormings is basically brainstorms with alcohol uh, but, <laughs> but what it does is that just getting out of the office um, and being able to kind of share a drink together, it, it's actually quite productive uh, because you tend to see things in a little bit of a different way. Uh, but it also kind of just binds the team together, uh, but not just going for like drinks, but actually have that kind of the, the business still in mind, the, the kind of the work still in mind, because it kind of ties you together in that aspect as well. Amazing. So saying that, how would you describe your leadership style? <laughs> so I would probably say like I'm a bit of a hands-on delegator uh, 
that kind of believes in our team. And with hands-on in that respect, I mean that I'm still there. I'm, I'm very much present for my team and I'm very much aware of what they work on. But I do kind of delegate the work to them in terms of I believe that they can do it themselves, but I will be there for any, any questions, basically. And especially as where I am right now in my, in my kind of career where I'm um, building a lot, setting up a lot of teams, kind of, you know, hiring a lot of new people, growing. You need to have uh, being there as well. You can't just step away from everything uh, and let, because um, people need you. Amazing, amazing. It sounds like you kind of give people their responsibilities, but you're also there to kind of support when they need it. Yeah, and I think it's, it's um, you know, people talk a lot about not being kind of too invested or, or too, uh, and I don't like micromanagement at all, but I think you definitely need to also be there, but also understand what your team is working on, because it's hard to give support if you don't actually understand what it is that they're facing. Yeah, definitely. So tell us about the work you're doing at Star Stable at the moment and any trends that you're noticing within your industry. Yes. So at the moment, I am looking after quite a lot of different departments within Star Stable. So it's uh, customer service, it's translation and localization, community moderation, as well as player safety. Um, so uh, right now we're going through a bit of a growth journey. So we're doing a lot around uh, just scaling up as a company and scaling up as a team, uh, which I think a lot of people are, are doing in our industry. But I think the most important work that we're doing right now is around player safety. Um, so in one way, more kind of the more traditional things, we are targeting towards kids under 18s. Uh, so we do a lot of work making sure that our platform is, is as safe as possible for for our players being on it. Uh, and another work that we're doing is around inclusion and diversity, because uh, this also goes very much hand in hand with feeling safe. Um, so we're both doing it kind of from a product point of view where we're developing our product with, with this in mind, but also kind of internal from the communications and just brand presence point of view. You know, how are we truly uh, inclusive and, and diverse uh, towards, us, towards our players? And it's not easy. Uh, we're definitely running into different challenges around this. Um, one quite interesting product that we have right now in my team in the localization and translation part is that how do you, for instance, translate, um, you know, non-binary genders? Uh, some languages actually, you know, use, they, they conjugate based on if it's a female or a male. How do you actually then translate that into, um, you know, a gender that doesn't, um, see themselves as either female or male. So there's a lot of these kind of works that, that we do that are, are very kind of big projects, but that also means a lot for our players that if we can kind of solve this, we will also open up their world and, and you know, a lot. So that's super important for us at the moment. And we're also looking at things like um, toxicity in the chat and in the game, uh, where we're trying to kind of guide our players to to be less toxic, to talk in ways that are kind of, you know, kind to the, to their, to their friends and to the other players. Um, so, so there's a lot of kind of this work that isn't just basically, you know, making changes to the product, but also in how we, as, as people in Star Stable think and how we, how we kind of address new projects and new work. Amazing. It sounds like almost kind of cultural changes that you're trying to put into play. Exactly. And it is. I mean, one of the things that we have is that because we're working towards uh, young, 
young females, uh, we know that we're getting kind of, we're talking to them at a very impressionable age. Um, so the work that we do here will help them as well and in their growth journey too. So we're kind of taking that very much to heart. We're all trying to kind of find that, you know, girl in ourselves and go, what would have helped us when we were that age? Uh, and especially when it comes to things like toxicity around you. I mean, being a teenage girl is not easy. And, and you know, we, we know that mean girl movies from America, we know that kind of, you know, the, the downside of certain things. So we're trying to just kind of help people to think about these things as well and, and kind of, you know, be open and, and not talk to others with, with hate or, or, you know, disrespect or whatever. So, so it's a lot of work around that as well, which as you, exactly as you say, is a lot about culture, both our internal culture, but also kind of culture in general, where, you know, as big brands, uh, we're responsible for help setting that culture. Yeah, definitely. So you've spoken a bit about the challenges that you're facing. What kind of processes do you put in place to overcome these? Um, so, I mean, for me around safety is one of the absolute biggest kind of issues that's, that's, that we have, as I said. And the reason for this is that, you know, internet uh, as well as Star Stable is an open place and that comes with some of the best things and, and some less good things. Um, so we love that about uh, you know our game that people can meet, people can be who they are, and this is why this kind of you know diversity and inclusion work is done to make sure that people feel that they can be who they are. Uh, but then we also need to work proactively at making this safe place for the players. So outside all of this work that we're doing, kind of more on a culture bit and, and kind of internal discussions, we're also having more you know, technical things in place. We have an AI that will make sure that you can't write certain things in the chat. We have human moderation on top of that, that will kind of look at things that come through anyway and, and say, you know, why has this happened? Uh, we proactively reach out to customers if we see things that they're talking about that we don't really, you know, we're worried for them or whatever it might be. Uh, and you can always reach out to us directly. So we do a lot of work of trying to kind of as we're saying, making as safe a place as possible around this. Right. So saying that, what changes do you see for your industry moving forward? So if I'm seeing it kind of from my perspective, it's very much around accessibility and compliance. So accessibility because you can, you know, you can access us anywhere, everywhere at any time. Uh, which also means that uh, we have to be present in whenever you want to access us, uh, but also poses the challenges of why kind of compliance come into the picture where we need to make sure that we're also, again, making it safe for uh, our players being on our platform. So I think that is kind of something that the entire industry is facing. Uh, we've been growing and we keep growing um, and we kind of keep finding new ways of, of reaching, reaching our, our players but then making sure that we are compliant and safe at the same time. Amazing. Um, so I just wanted to know if there's a particular piece of advice that was given to you when you're growing up that's really stuck with you. <laughs> so yeah, it actually is. And, and it's quite a funny one. So when I was around 15, um, I was voted to be my school Lucia. And Lucia is a Swedish thing. And it basically means that you stand in front of the entire school with a crown of candles on your head and you sing, uh, which was my 
absolute nightmare. I couldn't even imagine anything worse. I was definitely not someone who wanted to stand in front of people and do anything. Uh, and I had decided that like, I'm not going to do this. It's not going to happen. And then my dad sat me down and he kind of looked at me and said, you know, when you're really afraid of doing something, then that is probably the thing you should be doing. And he was just so like, this is so right. So I ended up doing it. Uh, I did survive. Uh, and it hasn't really made me want to stand in front of people more. But every time something comes up and my instinct goes, no, I don't want to do this. I kind of hear his voice going, actually, you know, you probably should do this to grow. And that has probably been part of why I've grown and kind of do take steps out of my comfort zone. Amazing. I think the best things do happen when you're taken out of your comfort zone, don't they? Exactly. And it's really hard. And, you know, no one really wants to. That's the whole thing. But I think it's just helped me having that little voice kind of saying that thing over and over again. And I'm like, OK, OK, it's time again. It's time again to do something I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, lastly, what advice would you give someone wanting to start a career in your industry? Um, so I think, first of all, like be open and flexible. Uh, the industry I'm working in, which I would say is kind of the digital tech space, even if I've kind of done different things in my career, is um, very quick moving. Uh, so the job you have today might look very different tomorrow. So I think it's being kind of open for that change and being flexible when things change and not seeing it as something negative, I think is super important. Um, the other thing is something I feel very, very strongly about, and that is learn to say no. Uh, especially for women, we tend to kind of say yes to things, we tend to take on too much. And one of the things I've always had as a bit of a guideline is try and think that like leave at least 10% of your maximum capacity because that leaves room for passion projects that might come your way. Because most companies today have those projects that no one really kind of owns or there's room for someone to step into them. And if you give yourself the ability to do that, that is also going to help you grow in, in ways that you maybe didn't even know about from the beginning. Um, and the last one, it's really boring, but very important, and that is learn your numbers. Uh, you know, budgets are uh, something that is very important and everything today is being measured. Uh, so if you don't understand what it is that you're looking at, it's very hard to take the right business decisions. Amazing. That's so great. Thank you so much for speaking to me today. Thank you. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Virtual Roundtables Live. Make sure to visit our website www.virtualroundtables.com to learn more about upcoming webinars and events.